This is Young Persons Radio right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am your host, Colby Smith. This and every Sunday, talk show Sunday here on Radio Free Brooklyn, continuing all day long. My guest today is a veritable stalwart of the New York comedy scene. He's been all over the notorious UCB theater as part of character and sketch shows, including his one-man sketch show, Jason Gore's Midlife Crisis. And listeners to the best show with Tom Sharpling will, of course, know him as Dudio, the dude who built the studio. He also appears on the podcast, Meet My Friends, The Friends. Who else could it be but Jason Gore? Hey, what's going on? How are hey. you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I mean, you know, granted mm-hmm. how things are in this world in yeah. uh, September 2020. Hey, it's also September. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Like, I'm, my mind still feels like last month was February. I still feel like I saw Sloan at Bowery Ballroom last month. <laughs> and that was February 20th. <laughs> Wait, was that like the last, was that like the last thing you like really did before the lockdown? The, the last, I mean, that was the last like major crowd i was in so like you know coronavirus numbers were we now know were extremely high at that point in time right uh which is shocking that i was in like a sold out crowd watching sloan yes canadian power pop band (laughs) and yes and i I still think of that like god i i I didn't get it from that that's that's shocking to me i know it's Um, like if like if you knew now it's like would i risk certain death to see sloan (laughs) i get freaked out just passing someone on the street now oh yeah so being in like a crowd that's bouncing up and down on that you know really shaky bowery floor um that kind of feels like a trampoline when that many people are on it um i would lose my mind right now (laughs) i would go completely nuts but the first the last big thing that i did i was in the i'm cool showcase at, yes, uh, at UCB on March 11th, with ju- which just happened to be the last night of shows at UCB Hell's Kitchen. Oh wow! So I helped close her down. Yeah, you closed it down. If only you'd known. If only I had known. Now we kind of had some inkling at the beginning of that show because it's an industry. It's an in- industry showcase. You know, people from all the shows, like casting agents and everything come out. And, you know, you have, like, sketch comedians. You have stand-ups. Um, I did my Dr. Phil character. And, you know, you look forward to doing these things, you, to doing this showcase, to get some some eyes on you. Um, I had been at UCB for, yeah, like 11 years before I even got on one of these showcases. Right. Um, so I was excited about it. And then <laughs> we're all backstage. And um, I'm talking to my friend uh, Cameron McCall, who was on Characters Welcome with me, at, and she was, and she came up to me. I'm in full, you know, Doctor Phil makeup, the dumb wig, yeah, the, uh, mustache, the, the spirit gum mustache, the suit, everything. And she's like, "Yeah, 30 people just canceled." <laughs> <laughs> she tried taking, and I was reacting to it as Doctor Phil, like, "What?" You know, um, yeah. she, she tried taking pictures of me, like getting my reaction, but she was laughing too hard and you would peek through the crowd and it was pretty empty. I mean, yeah, there were still a lot of people there. Okay. And, uh, and my buddy, Michael Hartney, who was the AD of the theater will still say, you know, Jason, there were people there like, you know, SNL was there, but I'm like, it, but it's still funny that 30 people canceled that. Yeah. Night. It's, it's this big thing that you build up in your head. Right. You know what I mean? Where you're like, oh, finally I get to do a showcase and 
here I am, world. Yeah. Jason Gore. And then 30 <laughs> people cancel. The virus is raging on throughout, uh, you know, Gotham City. And I go out and do my dumb Dr. Phil character. Oh, yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and that was it. That was it. That was the last. Um, that was actually the next to last show, but it was the last night at UCB Theater Hell's Kitchen. And it's done. That's gone, man. Oh, yeah. UCB's toast you know there was it's so funny that whenever they they announced that they were just like uh you know we'll still exist in some form you know to <laughs> like teaching classes and everyone was just like yeah whatever <laughs> like, right I, I i think the biggest thing out of that i mean sure it was shock um i i still had props because i was still technically doing jason gore's midlife crisis at the theater and, right and that's my one man show i had worked on it for a long time mm. um you know, it was, it's a show about being kind of an older dude in comedy, you know, struggling to, you know, you're just, just being a struggling comedian, uh, a lot of like sad bastard characters. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I worked hard on that show. I love doing that show. It's online. You can see it at, you know, Jason Gord, Jason-Gore.com is my website. It's up there now. Yes, um, a fellow guy with a dash between his first and last name and his website. <laughs> yeah, and, and someone else is just, I think the other Jason Gore is like, uh, if I remember correctly, is it, it's like, he's like a Christian comedian or he's just like this guy that does like pep talks and stuff at your school, but he also oh, does wow. improv. I don't know. But it is another Jason Gore comedian. I, I mean, well, he says that he's done improv. Okay, Are you a comedian yes. if you say that you've done improv? Everyone who's done improv once is a comedian to me. <laughs> That's it. You're 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 a comedian. Yeah. Then. If uh, you had um, if you had like a funny joke at work, you're a comedian. Right. Yeah. Like, oh man, he's so funny. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm so he's our favorite guy in meetings. Yeah, exactly. He, all he up. always cuts us up. Yeah. He makes jokes about hard stops and you know. Yeah. yeah, we got. Oh, guys, we have a hard stop at three, and we all laugh. It's 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 a really great. It's a great. It's great experience to work with. Uh, yeah, it's like two fifty five. He's like, we got a hard right. stop hard, at three. Oh, we got a hard stop at three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So he's a comedian. Yeah, but it's Jason Gore dot com, and uh, my show's up there. But yeah, everybody. Um, and they were like, yeah, it'll it'll still exist in New York in some way. It may and maybe it will, man. I I I don't know. You know, what's what's so interesting, I think, about this, uh, about the closing now on some level is that, like, the closing got forecasted for years. Like, it was always this, like, little rumor that, like, you know, UCB is going to close one day. Like, maybe yeah. that's that's one day soon. And it was like, if this had happened in kind of normal circumstances, you would see teams, like, take their show to Union Hall or, or like, so. Right. Like, the, the scene that kind of coalesced around that one place would kind of spread out a little bit over the city in mm-hmm. a way that, like, would have been, like, interesting and cool to see. But instead, mm-hmm. UCB closed at the same time all comedy was canceled. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, and I had to go back in, I want to say it was May or June, and go get my props. Mm-hmm. And it was such a weird experience because they were just in there just stripping it down. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. taking everything out. Just like even like all of the waters that they sold or like, you know, they're, 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 they're stacking up six packs of or 12 packs of A&W root beer and getting it in a truck going somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I was like, wow, it's over. This is it's it. really it's it, done. It feels it, it feels final in a way that like because we kind of we've had like a step by step 
mourning of the loss of that theater, it feels like, because like it was yeah. the beast and then right. Chelsea and then, or like the move from Chelsea to Hell's Kitchen kicked it off and then like the beast closed, closed. And now it's like this, but it's like, you know, it, it feels like there's no sense of like closure just because it happened while everyone yeah. was locked in their apartments. Completely. And, you know, yeah, completely. And, and if you look at the website now, I mean, it's mostly down. Right. And there's no mention of anything in New York anymore. It just right. lists the L.A. theaters. I know. It's, it's just weird, man. It's a weird time. It's, it's crazy. A, it's a weird, weird time. It's a, and it's a weird time to be, like, part of UCB mm-hmm. uh, for a very long time, part of that community, which I'm, I'm so grateful for the community. And I'm grateful for everything that I learned and, all, and the opportunities that I had there. Um, but the community was always the big part of UCP. That was great. And, totally. you know, and, and, that, and that remains. And once, once a vaccine comes out that isn't rushed, that'll turn us into monsters. <laughs> right. Like the one that's like <laughs> at least gone through stage three and everyone's like, okay, that seems to be doing something good. <laughs> and when we finally are able to do comedy again, it's going to be a great thing. Um, yeah. But like until then... You know, everybody's having to, like, completely rework what they do. You know, I've had to do a lot of, like, recreating what I do. Oh, totally. Yeah. Which has been a weird thing. It it seems like this has kind of become a real, it's not like a do or die moment, but it's like, it's kind of like an inflection point of just, like, everyone just kind of has the time now to sit around and decide like how much they need this, you know, like like, if they can survive without it, they're just kind of reading and cooking, you know? And like, that's great. Like, (laughs) but like others of us are just kind of like trying to figure out any way to like keep it going. I mean, like, you know, you and I are lucky in that we like had these other mediums that can can survive in this realm. But I, I feel like, I feel bad for like the, the, the the people who like kind of like just did stand up and that's all they did because God, like I know. you saw the zoom shows and mics happen a lot at the beginning and then just kind of pretty quickly die off yeah because it's a bad medium yeah unless you're doing like a panel show or a game show it's it's tough to do any sort of like stand up or even like doing characters because part of the the fun of doing stand-up or doing characters on stage is feeding off that energy from the audience if you're not completely bombing yep you know when it's good you get that and you and you play off of that in your moments and uh that doesn't exist on zoom panel show is great and then also you know like the the old school like british panel show like the Mm. shows they do um i that's the type of stuff that i think would work on zoom and um you know the shows that do that sort of thing really really work the the other ones don't really work for me nor do i i don't even do many zoom shows just because it's a little awkward yeah definitely i don't know know. there are people that love it and there are people that will defend it to the ends of the earth and uh you know god bless them and they are invited on this show (laughs) yes next week (laughs) to rebut us right yeah (laughs) if they want yeah, come on in. I mean, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to be very uh, very tough on it. I'm just saying it's not from me. Yeah, yeah, And that's totally. been a difficult thing, too, because, you know, there's that part of your uh, mental health where you're like, God, well, should it be? Should it be for me? What, yeah. am I, what If I'm, am I, you know, messing up my career by not doing this Zoom show? Oh, yeah, yeah I know. 
<laughs> you have, have those thoughts. Just, you totally do. It's just like, man, should I just be like really grinding these out right now? Like, yeah, like I, I got to be doing a front facing video every day. Yeah, every day. <laughs> every day. And I've had those freak out moments. And my wife has just been like, I, I love her more than anything in this world. And she is always honest with me. And she's just like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. That's like, and that's, and, and that in, in, in no way is knocking any of the front facing videos. There are many that I love. Oh, I love absolutely. Watching so many. But sometimes, like, I kind of feel in, in for, for my case, like when I feel like I have to do it, I'm like, oh, God, I, I got to get something out there because all these other people are blowing up. Yeah. And, that's uh, a great way to create something, <laughs> right? It's just right. like, I got to do this to keep up. <laughs> and then you have to slow down and you have to think to yourself, just, you can you can put out one video a month. Yeah. You don't have to do one day. Sit down and write it. Yeah, have, like, and I have found like I have stopped myself in those moments where we're like, I got I got to do something now. Um, totally. And I've stopped myself, and then the videos that I do, I put thought you know a lot of thought into and, and play around with it because yeah. that's what works for me as a comedian. Like yeah. some people can just rattle them off and do, and they're and it's a and it's a, a work of genius. Right. And it's great. For me, I need a little time and I need to not feel like I have to create to not be left behind. Definitely. That's been a hard road with all of this. Like, you know, for oh, yeah. the first few, first few months, I didn't even want to do comedy. Oh, no. I was just like, I just wanted to like huddle in a corner for a while. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, it was the only safe thing to do for a second. It was a great corner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My thing with that was like, I, I went through like a, a, a month in like April or May where I was just like, I am going to tweet every day. I'm going to force myself <laughs> to, to write a joke by like 11 o'clock every morning. And yeah. I would say I deleted 60% yeah. of those. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I, I've done the same thing where it's just like you tweet out a bunch and like, yeah, that thought came into my mind. Like maybe now's the good time to get good at Twitter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been like, and I know everybody who is a comedian and in this comedy world, everybody's been feeling this over the past few months. It's just, yeah. it has completely changed the, what we do in such a major way. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I don't know if you have had this, but I have had maybe like two days a month for the past six months where I'm just mm. like, should I write a book? <laughs> Yes, yes, I've thought of that. Yeah, and like, I'm, maybe should I do a cookbook? Yes, yeah. I mean, I'm not the best cook, but it's it's doing something. And it's yeah, yeah, it could be like could be like a funny cookbook. <laughs> everybody, everybody would buy it. Everybody cooking now. Yes. They buy a funny cookbook. Yeah. No, I've had the exact same exact same thought. Yeah. You know, and also, um. I'm pretty ADD when mm -hmm. it comes to like doing my own projects and stuff. Um, if I have a set schedule and you know, I, I can really do it, but if I have to set my own schedule, that's an issue for me. And that's right. an issue for this, for this old brain. So I have all these little things that I'm working on and I'm just getting to the point now, September, 2020, um, where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to start making a schedule and really work on these things because yeah. You know, everything's changed. What else am I going to do? I'm not going right. on stage. Um, pretty much the only game for me is podcasting right now. Right. Um, 
or or voiceovers. I've done mm-hmm. so I have done so many voiceover auditions for commercials. Yeah. And so many of them are like, times are tough now, aren't they? <laughs> Orange juice. <laughs> and I'd read the I would read the copy and I'm like, really? That's what you want me to say? And then like, this is this is non-union? <laughs> yeah. You've had a hard go of it. <laughs> yeah. Applebee's. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can finally breathe again after a month in the hospital. Yeah. Don't you? <laughs> Ventilators. <laughs> yeah. Um you're you're from Virginia, correct? I am from Virginia. I am yes. from Radford, Virginia. Gotcha. Uh, which is the number four hotspot with four number four coronavirus hotspot, uh, according to the New York Times. Oh God! And it's based on all of the numbers of cases at Radford University, where I actually where I went to college as well. Right. Yeah. Because everyone everyone's just just like it's like young people partying or it's a party school like in sure, the 80s yeah. it was actually a uh jeopardy answer it was like this 7-eleven sells the most beer per year <laughs> in the united states and some guys like what what is radford university yeah 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 man whenever uh, uh i went to i'm from maryland i went to the university of maryland and okay. um we were uh i was a freshman and like a group of us were just like all who were like into comedy and stuff would like all get around and watch 30 Rock. And there was like a there was an episode where Pete references that Liz went to the University of Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it was like an earthquake happened. It was Because like, <laughs> all of us, you because you, you come from these places and I'm sure you've you you've had this to some degree where it's just like the town that you're from kind of tells you that you're like nobody from nowhere. You know what I right. mean? Where it's yeah. just like, like you never saw Maryland or Virginia in like a movie. You know what I mean? Like there aren't movies about <laughs> Maryland. It was like, like a Civil War movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, unless it's like the bloodiest battle right. <laughs> like, in American right. history. So like you hear that, and it's just like someone knows about us, <laughs> like, <laughs> and not just anyone. Someone on our favorite show. <laughs> yeah. It's so like adds it knows. Yeah, exactly. He knows how to pronounce it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Scott Adsit, if he made you feel that good, I will say this, and this is something that has carried me throughout this entire um, uh, pandemic and doing my one-man show. Uh, when I did the second spank for um, uh, for Jason Gore's Midlife Crisis, now available, yeah. jason-gore.com, <laughs> um, when I did it, and at the end of the show, so I go backstage and everything, and uh, Scott Adsit was backstage, and he pulled me aside, and he's like, man, I just want to tell you how great that show was. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what? You were watching it? Yeah. But it's like this, it meant the world to me. It still means the world to me, because, like, man, I watched, I watched Scott on Mr. Show. Totally. You know, that was always, that was it for me, you know? So, you know, so that was very, very cool. God, that is a, that's a good UCB memory to you know now that it's all burned down. Yeah, um, right. To keep in my mind, <laughs> that so. is kind of like the dream scenario where it's just like you're doing your show, you don't even know the guy's there, you yeah. know, and like he's just like, "Hey, that was really great," and you're just like, "Oh, yeah. you mean everything to me?" <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and that means that means so much, um, and that that was such a good high that I am still on. Very cool uh, UCB memory there. You got to celebrate the good things. Yeah, that's totally um, true. Of UCB because, of course, there was so much bad 
Um, yeah, but we can't we can't glaze over that. <laughs> you can't. There was so much bad. Um, but like there, that was a great moment. Um, you know, Kristen wrote a show that we did um, called the Dead Dads Club. Yes. Uh, back in 2014 and i this this is another instance of a backstage thing that i'm going to tell you um let's hear it, it was, jason gore's backstage stories <laughs> yeah Jay, <laughs> this maybe i should write a book <laughs> um so we're backstage uh whiplash is going on and we're backstage getting ready because you don't tech for your show until after you know like you're know, like 3 a.m yeah the they do them like super late yeah yeah so late uh so you're just waiting around and it was the night that robin williams died okay yes yes. so i'm already setting up a super funny story (laughs) and so we're backstage and uh chris hardwick is there okay and he and this isn't a funny story it's almost a shocking story he said i don't do not remember the jokes but they were some of the most tasteless jokes about Robin Williams dying I've ever heard in my life. Oh, God. that he did on stage? No, that he did backstage. Oh my God. Which is even worse. I don't know if he was like workshopping them to go outside. (laughs) But uh, yeah, UCB, man. I have to ask you, Tom knows this story, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) In fact, I think I probably called him the next day. Yeah. Uh, to tell him because that's when when we were doing that we would have been building the studio right so i would have told him immediately well this is a this is a pretty perfect lead-in to the best show section of the episode here good seg (laughs) so i know you you had like worked in radio previously yes to uh uh your role the best show but uh, what was what was like the journey toward uh, getting linked up with Tom and just kind of being like, I mean, you were like a huge, like architect of like this new version of the best show. Oh, well, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say ar- architect. You know okay. Much, yeah, you're right. That's a little you strong. Know, you know how much hell Tom <laughs> would give me for architect? <laughs> All right. I'll strike that from the record. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's true. I was an architect for the new show. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I worked in commercial radio for many, many years. I worked at uh, 105.3 The Bear in Southwest Virginia. And I worked at 96 Rock, uh, where a lot of like the sarsaparilla, yes. the, uh, the talking gorilla or singing gorilla jokes come up because it was, I, I've given Tom so many copies of my air checks. Uh-huh. So there's always stuff for him to use. Like, and he'll surprise me with stuff like the chicken shack commercial. Oh man. Um, which was a like boneless <laughs> wing store in Radford, Virginia uh, that I had to do a lot of radio ads for. And they actually made a Jason Gore wing at the oh my God. Uh, chicken shack. It was the hottest wing. Um, I couldn't even eat it. It was like, you cry. It was like something they would eat on hot ones now. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Something you would have to sign uh, a waiver to put right. in your mouth. Yeah, hot um, ones. So, the internet's biggest show ever. <laughs> you know, it's like... Uh, but So I did uh, radio for years, and I when I moved up, I lived in Atlanta, um, and then Kristen and I moved up to uh, New York, in 2008 and And was this to was this like explicitly to like level up as far as your comedic pursuits go or or oh yeah yeah yeah. completely like i i always wanted to do do ucb i heard about it for years 
Um, so I did uh, radio and then I was here in New York and I started doing comedy and I started, Kristen and I started listening to the best show mm-hmm. and um, loved it. Oh uh, yeah. You know, got involved with the, the FOT, the FOT community. So uh, Tom ended the show on WFMU. Right. And I emailed him. And actually, no, we, he followed me on Twitter. Uh-huh. And I messaged him on Twitter and I'm like, hey, I don't know if you're planning on bringing the show back. Um, but if you are, um, I have all this experience. You know, I, I used to install, do audiovisual installation in um, Athens, Georgia and Atlanta, Georgia. And I worked in commercial radio for years. So I kind of, um, I'm, you know, I'm here if you need help bringing it back. Mm-hmm. And this was April 2014. Yeah, Tom reached out and he um, put me on an email with Brendan McDonald from WTF. Right. Who was very instrumental um, in bringing everything back um, with, you know, the best show wouldn't have come back without the help of, uh, of the guys at WTF. Right. Uh, Brendan and Mark were such a, a big part of that. Yeah, and so we started doing I met with him once, and um, we got along pretty well, and we started making plans, and we found a studio space. We built out the studio, and uh, yeah, and then we started the show back at the end of uh, 2014. Yeah. I mean, I have just like, like I, I like came in kind of at the end of the original Best Show run. Okay. Like, I discovered it like pretty soon after moving here and I like had an office job at the time and like uh-huh. those episodes were just like all in the WFMU site you know <laughs> I was an intern you know I was like I had all this unstructured time and I would just like sit and right. go through like two a day you know <laughs> and, so, like, and I, I just like picked like all right I was just I want to start at 2009 and just go uh-huh. through like catch up to today and then just like I was like yeah this is awesome and then like immediately he ended the show <laughs> he ended it but it's like it's just it's it's the most fun thing, and if anybody obviously is like listening who who is like not familiar with that iteration of the show, it's just, it's still all up online, and it's like I know nobody's doing anything. You got all the time in the world to check this thing out. So yeah, uh, yeah, do the it. Show dot net uh, is all where all of the stuff is. How, what was it about the show that you like responded to? You do you think so much of it just being somebody who worked in radio and admired radio. Um, you know, I, I grew up listening and working in radio and really admiring like Phil Hendry. Sure. And just people that could really work a mic. And um, when I started listening to the best show, you know, you automatically hear that like magic with Tom. Yeah. And uh, you know, how he handles the calls and you know, how he handles every interview and um you know the the characters the 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 character pieces with with john mm-hmm. um that all it 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 really it you know it ticked off every box for me that's oh, like yeah. everything that I love about radio and comedy just all in the same place yeah and it's it's all coupled with like Tom knows more about popular culture oh God <laughs> than legit anyone yeah, no, he knows everything it's um, crazy he's well versed in everything oh yeah um and that and that's a big part, and that's why I think it comes so easy for him. You know, like uh, one of the big moments for me 
on the best show, uh, the new iteration of the best show, yeah, um, was when I finally convinced, with the help of best show listeners, I'm not going to say it was all me, yeah, but a big part of it. I, I, I think I know what you're going to talk about. Um, so was, I'm excited uh, to hear this story. Yeah, was David Crosby? Yes, and I had been battering that man on Twitter <laughs> left and right, like every day, just like call in, call. Uh-huh. Why won't you call? It was him and Sammy Hagar. Yes. Sammy Hagar never took notice to it. <laughs> um, and then, uh, which is probably a good thing. Um, and finally, like, I, we start to see some action. Uh, we start to see some responses. He's like, I'm trying to call in. It's, 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 the line's busy. And so I have to message him like, hey, here's the VIP line. Call this line now. And um, he calls. And I run in the studio. I'm like, you will not believe David Crosby on line five right now. Yeah. And Tom thinks I'm, Tom, Tom's in shock. He's like, what? Really? But Tom is also the type of person that can hit number five, bring David Crosby on and have a great interview. Yeah. On it's the not spot. Like, on the spot. Like he knows about, they talk about triad. They talk about like everybody's been burned. They talk yeah. about like. You know, there was that one point in the interview where David Crosby's like, oh, you're a guy that likes the old stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and Tom immediately is like, well, no, I like Sky Trails. Now, yes. just to let you know, I was holding my computer right in front of Tom with all the information on the new record. So the, in the moment <laughs> when he said Sky Trails and, and David is like, oh, wow, uh, Tom knew about it because I was holding that information up. Yeah. Um, but that was such a cool moment. That yeah, is... And, and, one of the it's like one of the landmark moments of like this era of the show i think oh there's uh, there's so many for me there's so many for me i i have a couple i wanted to ask you about if that's okay okay. yeah that that was that was top of the list obviously another one was uh the lost 2006 episode uh on election night 2016 yes where you pat (laughs) Byrne, and a bunch of other people were like fake callers to the show for a while yes (laughs) yes um yeah uh that was so that had been in the works since like august of 2016 i i remember i pitched that to tom and mike and pat and then over the next few months and weeks you know we would we were just throwing out you know ideas for what this show would be Mm -hmm. and i made like a master document of everything in the news that would have been hitting at that point in time. You know, I, I Nacho I Libre was one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Completely. It was, um, it was one of the funniest. It's like one of the hardest things I've laughed at on the, <laughs> on the show. Maybe <laughs> is Tom coming in. And yeah. He's like, Hey, it's the best show. It's like the old, the old bed music is playing. And he's just like, he's just like, Here's, just saw Nacho Libre. Not so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, here, but here's the thing too, like Tom did so much work on that. Like uh-huh. he went back and listened to tapes from that time period. So he'd have the voice again. Oh, so he wow. Could figure out what he sounded like. He went back and found like all of the sounders and stuff. And we just had like a loose idea of what the show would be. Um, mm-hmm. We knew it was going to be in 2006. We didn't quite know like how it was going to go. We were just kind of flying by, by the seat of our pants, I think for the, in that moment. Um, so it was myself, uh, Claire O'Kane was there. She did yes. a lot of the, the calls. Uh, Brett Davis called in. Right. As, as MC Steinberg. Yes. 
Mike was acting like he was freshly new to the show, uh, which at that point in time in 2006, he would have been. Right. And I called in as Todd from Union City. So we're doing the storyline. It's getting bleaker and bleaker. Tom would put on a song and he would come out to the area where we all sit and he's like, you know, what's going on with the, with the results? And we're like, it's yeah. looking, it's looking awful. Yeah. It's looking terrible. And so he, he would sit there with that information for a second. He's like, okay. And he'd go back in the studio. And then that's when the show started to take a turn into <laughs> what the last half of the show was, uh, which was me, like Tom losing it. My character was calling him uh, threatening to, you know, uh, get him in trouble with the FCC. Yes. Like you're going to be arrested. You're going yes. to be. <laughs> yes. Um, and so many people, there were, there were a lot of people who had no idea that was me. That right. I, was I didn't know. I, listened, I was listening yeah. to every episode religiously at that point, And yeah. I had no idea. Um, and I, and you know, thankfully I had lived in Jersey for long enough to be, you know, you know, honorary Jersey. So right. I was able to to play around with. It. I was talking like one of the guys, you know, that I would interact with at Wonder Bagels in Jersey City. Right. Um, so someone picking you up? Oh yeah, that's my. I gotta go, Jason. Okay, <laughs> it's just been fun. I'd love to hear the end of this, but I gotta. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it get bleaker and bleaker, and then and Pat was a time traveler who's who's you know giving a warning about the future, and it just. Yeah, it turned into this shocking thing, and I think at the mo at the end of it, we were blown away by how it how it how it turned out. Yeah, and we knew that it was a very special. That's that's the number one like special. I'll never forget uh, best show moment for yeah. me. I mean, and it is it is like one of the coolest episodes like in in recent memory for me too like we, to listen to that we i was were, like listening we were, to it live to oh, actually no i listened to it the next day because election night 2016 <laughs> i was in yeah. i was in a sketch class at ucb <laughs> wonderful with natasha vainblad yeah <laughs> oh i love natasha she's the Who, she That's... rules she uh, yeah. uh rocks ride or die hard forever natasha vainblad um yes. and yes. We like the the class like it's our last class, so like we're all getting notes from her individually. So we're all leaving the right. room, uh, like one at a time, and all just like hanging out on our laptops from like you know like six to nine o'clock or something like that. And like yeah. the vibe is so jovial at the beginning <laughs> of the night, and then it's just like, right. and of course she's like the sweetest and is being like so nice and like uh, giving yeah. like lots of good advice. So people are just like, and Natasha said like a really nice stuff about my writing and uh i i just feel yeah. like shit <laughs> so like, yeah so yeah, like everybody's singing everybody's singing fight song at the beginning of class yeah, exactly exactly and by the end you're just you know then you're singing hallelujah i mean and then so a bunch of us like went to um one of the bars that was like around the corner from the old uh training center and what, uh houndstooth or houndstooth yeah that was yeah okay. houndstooth yeah um and we're just like watching the returns on the tv the vibe is just like tanking by the minute right i just i remember like g like going home on the train at like you know like midnight or something that night people were at death's door like they were crying people were crying on the train just like looking at each other like what is going on it was crazy yeah, yeah. and then fast forward to 2020 and you you can see why people were crying yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, it, it was not a mystery. Um, 
I have two more I want to ask you about. Go for it. Yeah. One is the Tom Pressions episode. <laughs> okay. This, so like, I wasn't expecting that one to come up <laughs> on the list. Okay. I, I remember listening to that one and thinking this is the most fun Tom has ever had. Like oh, he, he is, it. he is so good at yeah. not breaking that episode. The Tom Pressions episode. I think I, I just, I heard him laugh so much Oh, and that one, and it was just like, it was so infectious. Like I was just grinning the entire time <laughs> watching that or listening yeah. to that. Yeah, that was the direct opposite of the feeling um, in studio of one of the two um, Tom Can't Complain episodes that we did. Yes. Where like those legitimately get to Tom. And I love it when we do them. Um, because we're in there like tallying like, oh, that was a complaint. And he gets yeah. even... He gets mad at us, right, for even bringing up that that was a complaint. Yeah, and he, yes. it is legitimately getting under his skin. <laughs> yeah. And those are always, those are always the shows that I pitch like the next year. Like it's time uh-huh. for Tom can't complain three. Yeah, and I was getting ready to pitch it when the pandemic hit. So oh, I mean, yeah. there's no way, there's no way we could have done it again. Oh yeah, yeah, during yeah, this, yeah. During this atmosphere. Well, yeah. Like, how has it been being away? I mean, I, I imagine it's like. You miss it a lot, I'm sure. What, being on hiatus? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't miss it at all. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? If that was it. If you were like, just like, yeah, if you were no. just like, yeah, I've had no problem filling my no, nights. This has, uh, been, this has been great. It's awesome you know? having Tuesdays free. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I mean, uh, a little, a little honesty. I do enjoy having some Tuesdays free. Um, but uh, no. Uh, yeah. It's. Oh, okay. Um, hiatus. Yeah. Uh, we needed that. I think we got to a point where like, I think we needed a break. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it was, it it all comes down to Tom needing some time to finish the book. Totally. And he was working on so many other things and dealing with other things that he just, it, it was a lot because it was a lot. We were doing the best show. We were still doing new episodes of meet my friends, the friends. Yeah. And we were also, I mean, so far was so far. Yeah. It was a big commitment. Um, So if if you're unfamiliar listener, what so far is, it is a Crosby still stash because why not? Why not? (laughs) Why not? That's exactly right. (laughs) Pandemic. Why don't we take a year to year look album by album at the works of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. (laughs) And we, it was it was wonderful. And here's the thing I'm going to say about, and I'll get back into talking about so far, but I'm just going to say this about the hiatus. Um, you know, the best show will be back. There's oh, of course. No, yeah. There is no world where I feel like Tom Sharpling will never do the best show. Right. Um, it'll be back, but it's, it's going to, it'll be in its own time. Yeah. And when it's back, you'll be like, Oh man, this is back. I'm so happy. Yeah. Or I mean, it's, like, it's taken breaks before, you know? Yes. Or they'll be like, you should have never come back. <laughs> um, and if that, you know, that's the case, well, they're wrong. Um, but, but so far, it was a lot, man. Um, because those first few, and, and so far, the first two episodes are up. You can get them at thebestshow.net. The other episodes are behind the, uh, the Patreon, and that's where they will stay. Um, Patreon.com slash thebestshow. Right. Uh, and... Yeah, I mean, we, the, those first few years with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, man, they're cranking out like twelve albums a year. Oh, and we I would have. I remember. I remember when the show first 
came up on the Patreon and I saw how long the first episode was, yeah. I was like, they're doing a second three-hour show every week? <laughs> no. But this one was more so much more involved because like I after the show is over, I would then take it and edit the clips of music and so people that aren't familiar with this and people may never go and, you know, uh find search out a copy of thoroughfare gap by steven stills i want you to know what it is i want you to be able to listen to a bit of can't get no booty before you have to go search out the whole track can't get no booty oh my oh my lord (laughs) and then you have pat Byrne, who's just like oh yeah stills is great yeah (laughs) and and stills is great he is great um but it was a lot and it was uh it was kind of wearing on us having to do those those records every uh, week but i do miss it i do miss it tremendously and i can't wait to uh do it again when whenever that time is yeah i just realized my my final uh big best show moment i wanted to ask you about yeah which was any time you had to go toe-to-toe with gary the squirrel oh my god <laughs> uh well we just put up today i don't know when this airs when does this air this will be uh, this coming Monday. It'll go up uh, as a podcast. This coming Monday. Okay, yeah. so as of today, Friday, uh, the new best, best show best. If you're looking for a way to get into the best show, I highly recommend listening to you know the podcast we put on the best show feed, best show best. It's just like little quick snippets. If you're not there for the three-hour show, you get it in good snippets. And today we put up um, the clip of uh, when uh, uh, Scott Rogowski visited the show yes and uh gary the squirrel roasted him (laughs) and he had me read some copy and then he would have uh scott rogowski read copy now this is while scott was still on hq Uh so you know he was still like top of the world with hq not that he's not top of the world now scott's gonna scott's great with whatever he does i love that guy he Um, is the nicest man he is the nicest man on earth and uh so Gary just kept handing him all this different copy for him to read. And it kept getting bleaker to the point where it was like, hi, this is Scott Rogowski, host of the AVN Awards. <laughs> and it, it, we were all losing it. Um, uh, but going toe to toe with Gary, um, he's not nice to me. He never has been. Uh-huh. there's never been a moment where gary is like i'm supporting you dudio he always makes fun of my voice <laughs> yes um you know there are moments where he's tried to get me to <laughs> not be so announcery when i uh, am on the air with him yeah um but uh god in mean, in being in the studio we don't take many pictures in the studio right um when tom's doing that because he just doesn't like that he, he's, yeah, yeah he does his thing but I will say when Tom's doing Gary the Squirrel, he's got that squirrel on and that mouth is moving. <laughs> it's like, it is like Gary is in the room. Yeah. And he is judging you. Well, this is a great time to tell you uh, um, a story of, of one time I did run into you at the Haymaker Bar years ago. Okay. Uh, this was like 2015, 16. I was on my way to okay. BYOT. Okay. Okay. Uh, we met there beforehand, and I saw I saw you at the bar, uh-huh. and I went up and I said, "Hey, Dudio," and then I realized <laughs> if you were not <laughs> Jason Gore, yeah. that it could have been the weirdest interaction 
<laughs> I've ever had. And oh, you, it's so bad. You and I talked for like two minutes, maybe, and uh, uh, I like <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, like I love the show. Like I just listened like last oh. night where you guys were on with Gary, and you went, <laughs> you went, oh boy, when I'm in there with Gary, like. I got a fear for my life. Like, like it's true. You talked about him as if it was like your bully. Like, like <laughs> I, and here's the thing: Gary likes me more than he likes Mike. Well, sure. But still, yeah. there is a there is a level of uh, man. Oh, you're no. I I stand by what I told you in 2015. <laughs> there is a level of fear whenever you are interacting with Gary because you do not know where he's going to go. Yeah, you have yeah. no idea where it's going to take you and the things that you're going to have to do to try to prove yourself to a stuffed squirrel. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I love it. Oh, it's one it. of the one of the funniest things. I, I like started listening to the show right when he was like starting to do Gary the Squirrel, and I was just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is the thing I'm going to love forever." Like, oh. like, I and we're all in tears anytime he's doing Gary, and there are yeah. moments where like Tom has to stop and because he's laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a, uh, this is like a, a very brief sidebar, but he once mm-hmm. did, uh, when Jake Fogelnest had an Earwolf show, like he did. The Fogelnest Files? Yes, yes. Yes. Um, yes. Tom like did Gary the Squirrel like with Andy Kindler for an hour on that show. And I listened to that thing like five times. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, this shit rocks. Uh, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Um, oh, it'll be back. It'll yeah. be back. Uh, we, Tom's book comes out, man. Tom's book is gonna, I, 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 it's gonna blow everyone away. I'm so excited to read that thing. I and me too. It's like, it's, it's, it's so in his wheelhouse. It's like not even funny. Like I cannot wait yeah. for, for that thing. Yeah, you just know it's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, re, we have to wrap up in in a few minutes, so I want to get to our last, our last segment uh, okay. of the show. We we have not done this segment in a long time, and I'm happy to bring it back. <laughs> for you okay this is sort of it comes from study of some of the world's greatest interviewers you know your terry gross uh your alec baldwin uh, uh you just stop there <laughs> exactly stop. yeah the two the two best in the yeah. game yeah this is the young person's radio guest questionnaire okay okay first question karaoke open bar or private room private room Yes. No, I'm not messing with anybody. I am so there with you on that because it's like, I, I don't know how you are with karaoke, but for me, once I do the one, I just want to go up again and again. Yeah. And if I'm in the private room, that's way easier to do. Yeah, I don't like being around people, especially now. I saw uh, Patrick Cotnoir. Uh, sure, George yeah, yeah. Who, uh, does the, you know, George Lucas talk show. He posted a video from, I think, January this year of him singing Monster Mash. <laughs> at, uh, planet rose and just seeing all the people around him in that open room i'm like i'm never doing this again yeah yeah i will never go in there i it's private room from now on and by when i say private room i mean right here where i'm sitting <laughs> <laughs> yeah zoom karaoke it's gonna happen yes, i'm not doing it <laughs> yeah next yep, question okay who is an actor or actress who every time they come on screen, you find yourself thinking, oh, neat. <laughs> well, define, oh, neat. Like, oh, it's I a, can't believe they're here. Exactly. A pleasant surprise of well, an actor I, or I, actress. I will say uh, we watched the, um, the new, the Greta Gerwig version of Little Women. 
Yeah. And uh, Bob Odenkirk plays, I think, I guess, the, uh, the father. I don't know much about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when he showed up, I was like, what? I can't yes. believe this. This is great. <laughs> I love Bob Odenkirk. And his first line is something like, ah, my little women. <laughs> yeah, something. And it was just like, oh, this is great. That is, that, that is 100% an, oh, neat. Yeah, yeah, moment. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> next question. Say you are stricken ill. What show oh. do you put on while you heal? Oh, stricken ill ill has a that's a hard thing to hear right now. Man. Yeah, these are old questions. You yeah, know, you this. Uh, that one. <laughs> this is, <laughs> Let's say your oxygen drops. Below yeah, exactly. 94. Yeah, um, yeah. What, what if the rest of the questions are just like, say you're locked in your house for six months. <laughs> Say you're waiting on a vaccine. Yeah. Say Um, all you do is order packages from Amazon. Uh, Right. Right. Uh, What do I... So, like, I'm sick. What show do I put on? Um, Detroiters. Detroiters. Nice. It's my all-time favorite television show. It does not get better than Detroiters. Oh, that is a great answer. Did you watch the the sketch show? His sketch show? Oh, it's wonderful. It's so funny. It's it's so good. It's It's the best. But I will say... When this pandemic started and everything, Kristen and I immediately were like, oh, I think it's time for a Detroiters rewatch. And it was one of the best things um, to help get us through those really bad first few months here in New York City. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it's time for another rewatch. I think oh, we've got to do it again. Cause it's so good. Every episode, gold. You braved that horrible Comedy Central app. To watch this. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, I, the, the next time I'm, I'm just going to buy them on uh, whatever. I'm not going to do the app anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm done. That's the worst app ever made. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Oh, it errors out after every episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. brutal. Oh, yeah, Detroiters. Detroiters, awesome. Next question. You find yourself in a casino. You look down oh. in your hand. What's that? It's $200 worth of chips. <laughs> which game do you play first which game do i play first um i gotta tell you uh i i'm i i am not a guy that sits at the tables okay i do one of two things here we go i do slot machines yeah or i'm i'm really good at keno really i will go and i will play some keno and i will win some money at keno yes keno and nobody plays keno they don't <laughs> yeah there's nobody at keno keno famously saves the griswold family from certain financial ruin at the end of vegas vacation i was opening my mouth to say that and i think of that every time i play keno that guy you know falls dead and his keno card drops or whatever yes. and uh that saves the day um yeah i'm i'm that guy that's awesome <laughs> I, I, I've talked on the show before about like when you go to a casino, the stark contrast between like you go to the blackjack tables and like people are kind of just like hanging out. They're kind of jive, like, like jiving with each other and like, right. it, you know, everybody's kind of chatting like, hey, we're all here on vacation. And then you go to like the sports betting corner and like it's totally. silent and everyone's just like staring <laughs> daggers at the TV, so, like, yeah. like, like fidgeting with their hands maybe. <laughs> like yeah. Oh, there, there's an energy that you just don't want to, don't want to like empath in any way yeah. when you're in the sports betting section yes. of a casino. <laughs> just being in a casino is bad energy in the first place. Right. Like, yeah. It's bad energy. Even worse energy, cruise ship casino. Yep. 
It is so bad. It is so sad. Um, yeah. Oh, but I love it. I love a cruise ship. Yeah. Oh, I sure. Yeah. Final question, Jason Gore. Okay. What is the dumbest thing that's ever made you cry? <laughs> the dumbest thing that ever made me cry? <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I remember crying at Monsters Incorporated uh, right after 9-11. It came out right after 9-11. Uh-huh. And I was like, I needed this. Like, yeah. Those moments, like, it made me... And I felt so stupid crying at it. Um, I will say now, I cry a lot yeah. at a lot of different things. Same, um, yeah. I just because it's like <laughs> it's a never-ending, you know, situation like that uh, where you feel the emotions like you felt after nine eleven, but like every two days. And uh, yeah, I cried the other night after watching, um, and it's not a stupid thing, but I watched uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Oh, yes. Cry, cried at the end. Yeah. Oh, my God. Kristen looked over at me. And she's like, why are you crying? <laughs> and I'm like, it was just, it, it, it took me to this place, um, you know, where I loved Bill and Ted so much as a kid and like seeing that again and for it to be so good. Right. Um, that, that really hit me. It wasn't a dumb thing, but man, I, I cried hard at that. Can I tell you my, my quarantine uh, movie that unexpectedly made me cry? Uh, <laughs> This happened. I've got, a, like, I've got another one too, but I, oh, let's yeah, hear it. Me. Let's do yours first. No, no, no. I want to hear yours. I want to hear if it's the same movie. La La Land. <laughs> oh no, nope. That wasn't it. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say La La Land. Yeah, <laughs> but you didn't. You cried at how beautiful it was when he invented jazz. <laughs> he invented jazz. Yeah, when he was just like, I'm the only guy who cares about this stuff. <laughs> I can see throw that. it away, jazz. I can see that. I mean, it, it tugs you. It tugs you in the it was, in emotional ways. It was the montage at the end where you see the, like, the what could have been, you know? Yeah. It's, oh, man. It just, it oh. really, it really got me. It the, really uh, got me. And I was, like, trying, I was doing that thing where I was, like, <laughs> trying to hide it from Hallie, and she was, like, oh, yeah. Fucking crying, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Kristen and I both cried, and I'm throwing her under a bus here. <laughs> um, like, we watched the movie Instant Family. Oh, with uh, Rose Byrne and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, they, like, yes, I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah, like Foster Kids, right? And everything, man. Octavia I, I, Spencer is in it yep. also. Yeah, 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 yeah. I probably cried like four times <laughs> in that movie, and and it wasn't like a pretty cry. It wasn't just like a gentle like. Well, oh. <laughs> it was a <sighs> yeah. It, it was a long, ugly cry. Right, at least four. <laughs> and so much so that I talked about it in therapy. Did like, you so, really? Yeah, I was like, so I uh, cried the other uh, day um, to uh, Instant Family. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and to and my the therapist, uh, uh, you know, uh, credit, he was like, yeah, that's a sad movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I watched it. Uh, I watched it a couple uh, weeks ago with my wife. It was very sad. That's so, really funny. Yeah. He was like, yeah, everybody, everybody cries at that. He's like, you're not the first uh, patient to bring up Instant Family in here. <laughs> You're the fourth one today. Well, Jason Gore, I can't think of a better way to end the episode. (laughs) Instant Family now on Netflix. (laughs) Than plugging Instant Family. (laughs) You've been through a lot. (laughs) Instant Family. (laughs) Jason, 
you got a plug i well uh no i feel like i've done some i mean listen to the best show the best show.com uh sorry the best show.net my website is jason jason-gore.com uh, uh my wife is doing a really great uh general hospital recap podcast um that i'm producing now that's very funny she does a recap every week with her mom oh that's awesome the show for years so her mom is kind of Kristen hasn't seen it in like maybe 30 years right Uh, so they're kind of rediscovering this together and it's a great podcast and uh launching soon i've got a new podcast called here we go mom rock which uh in this podcast i host with my uh little sister uh emily gore and my mom karen gore uh we will go through all of the music that she kind of raised us on. Yeah. Uh, like the music that she loves, we'll go through everything, you know, that she loves and we'll try to introduce her to her to uh, some new stuff every episode. But like, you know, this is a situation where, you know, mom, I remember her driving around the van when we were kids and the only, only music she had in that van was a single of kiss from a rose you know (laughs) really that she would play over and over and over uh and that's you know it that's the type of discussion that we're gonna have every episode oh man that sounds like a blast yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be very therapeutic it's weird that we're both doing um it's not weird it's great that we're both doing mom mom casts really totally because you know i can't see my 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 family they live out on the other side of the country right you know kristen's family down in north carolina it's it's a nice way to like keep us all together so absolutely when's the when's that coming out uh that'll come out in a couple of weeks and nice. uh talking gh with my mom with kristen bartlett and marcia bartlett uh is uh on right now so you can get that at talking com. right on well thanks again so much for coming on today it was so fun to talk to you and uh just like talk best show stuff and and yeah. everything it was uh it was a nice little dose of the show without the show you know <laughs> good <laughs> good thank you for having me on this was a blast yeah man i really appreciate it of course thank bye you. everybody goodbye hi this is jimmy well that's the end of the music but it's not the end of the show for those of you computer literate parrot heads out there stick this cd into your computer and you can see an enhanced video of what we do and what we say backstage behind the scenes.